<clears throat> Welcome to it. Zero to 60 on a Monday morning here in the Mile High City, January 29th. I am Matt McChesney, your host as always. We got a great show today. Uh, the national reporter for the National Football League for the NFL Network, Mr. Cameron Wolf, will be joining us to talk all things NFL from Championship Sunday. I can't wait to have Cam Wolf on. He's one of the best in the business. You see him every single Sunday on the NFL Network. He'll be joining us here shortly when he clicks on. Uh, just waiting for him. But as always, the show is brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online. So make sure that you check them out. Go to Bet Online. Use the promo code Believe. That's B L E A V, and you'll get fifty percent off your your first uh, you know deposit or fifty percent uh, bonus on your first deposit. So they'll give you fifty percent of what you deposit first off the bat. Uh, it's the best place for all your wagering news, the best and most competitive lines. They do a great job of, you know, keeping the better informed and keeping everybody on track. Remember, don't bet anything you can't afford to lose. Uh, but at the same time, if you're looking to have a good time, bet online is the place to go and do it. So, look, we've got a great show for you here. Um, I'm waiting for Cam to get going here he'll be joining us as soon as he uh, logs on uh when you get in the lobby all right so look great weekend of of the nfl i mean the the games were outstanding um I, I really thought it was just an, an overall great and, and entertaining weekend. Unfortunately, it's only one one day. You only get one championship Sunday. The game's kicked ass, though. I mean, I feel for Detroit. <laughs> Man, up 24-7 to with a chance to go to the Super Bowl, and you end up losing that game. That's heartbreaking the way they did it. You know, we'll talk about Dan Campbell and his decisions, uh, some of the things that he did to lead to that. You know, he kind of he kind of got Kyle Shanahan, and Shanahan kind of got you know a little bit of redemption. You know, as of two weeks ago, Shanahan was zero and thirty when trailing by three points or more in the fourth quarter, uh, and now you know in the last two circumstances he's had to deal with that: the divisional round against Green Bay, and then you know the NFC title game against Detroit. They make great they they do great comebacks, and Purdy pulls Rabbit out of the hat, and they're rolling in San Francisco. So. You know, Kansas City going to Baltimore, that was uh, just Patrick Mahomes' greatness. Let's be real. Patrick Mahomes is great. Uh, 15 is on another level. I, I talked about this on Coach JB's show at length this morning, but that young man is just he's something like I've never seen uh, in my life. He, he's just different. And, you know, Cam's going to be joining us here shortly, and we'll talk to him about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and his greatness and everything he brings to the table. And then where did Lamar Jackson go? I understand he's the MVP of the league, uh, but at the same time, he's not the best player in the league. The best player in the league wears 15 for Kansas City. So Lamar might be the consensus MVP. I doubt it's consensus, but he'll be the MVP. Uh, and But Mahomes is still the best player. And that was on, you know, on you know, site for the world to see on Sunday when Kansas City went to Baltimore and got a dub. So make sure, you know, if you're out there, subscribe and like. Uh, make sure you hit that like button if you're watching. Uh, and, and we'll get rolling here as Cameron joins us uh, from the National Reporter for the NFL Network. Mr. Cameron Wolf's going to be joining us here shortly. Um, you know, moving into Super Bowl here, Super Bowl 58, 
in Vegas. You got a rematch of, of Kansas City and San Francisco from 54, I think. Uh, you know, when Garoppolo and, and, and San Francisco had the lead late and blew it. Uh, you know, and, or, or you can look at it the other way, that Kansas City came back and won the game. Uh, Andre Duke, what's up, bro? How are you? Welcome to uh, the show this morning. Uh, thanks for commenting in. Um, it, it, I, I like the rematch. I mean, I would have rather Detroit hung on, but at the same time, the better team won. San Francisco is absolutely loaded to the gills. I mean, their, their roster is unbelievable, but I don't know if I can pick them against the Chiefs and, and, and then like actually be able to look at myself in the mirror because the Chiefs have 15 and 15 is the great equalizer, man. I mean, I've never seen anybody like him before. I've never seen anyone who I'm that, that sack he took where he got it contorted by both legs and kind of, you know, got bent up like a pretzel and still came out of it somehow and like almost put his hand on the ground, took off and threw the ball. That's some Gumby shit. So sometimes you just have to understand that you're watching greatness and appreciate it. And, you know, not always, you're not always going to be in a position where there's true greatness on the field. Sometimes, you know, bad teams win and, Sometimes great players get knocked out. And the thing about Mahomes is he didn't have to, like, go through growing pains to get to the level he's at. Most great ones have to go through shit. Tom Brady didn't really have to go through a whole lot. He just started winning. Whereas Elway had to go through 14 years of losing. Whereas, you know, Montana came in, started winning. But Steve Young had to go through a ton of rigors to get his ring. Aikman came in, started winning, you know, but, you know, there's, there's a lot of other guys that came in and, and really struggled to even get to the game, let alone win it. Peyton Manning, you know, Peyton's first ring was a trek, I think nine, 10 years in, maybe later. So, you know, th there's a lot of rigors in this game and it takes a lot out of you trying to get to the level where number one, you have a team around you that can support and help you win football games and help you win titles. But at the same time, um, you know, the, the, the quarterback is what it comes down to in the long run. That's the guy that's either going to make you or break you 99% of the time. So um, <clears throat> let's see. we got a couple questions. Is Kyle, here we go. Is Kyle on the hot seat if he loses yesterday? Yeah, probably. I mean, you have to think that even though the, the, uh, relationship with him and Lynch is so strong. I would have to believe that he is on the hot seat if they lose yesterday, but they didn't, you know, they got a, they got a, a much needed victory. That's two back-to-back Vicks um, when they're trailing. So I, I wouldn't try and live by that if I'm San Francisco, because if you go out and you start slow against Kansas city, you're going to get dealt with. So let's be real. I mean, Kansas City won't have any remorse in hanging 50 on you, especially with the rematch aspect of this. And the first Super Bowl, remember, San Francisco was up with six minutes to go in the game. And they they essentially, you know, handed the game to Kansas City as Kansas City started making plays. San Francisco kind of wilted and went away. So, you know, it's I'm I'm interested in that part of the rematches. <clears throat> the Andy <clears throat> Andy Reid Shanahan part of the rematch. You know, the different quarterback against Mahomes, 
can Purdy, you know, can Mr. Irrelevant beat the best quarterback in our gener in this generation? Uh, and some saying, you know, maybe we'll do a top five, top 10 quarterback list here at the end as we get through the week. I'm sure that everybody that's in the comment section would love that shit because lists are awesome. Uh, it's always fun to do, uh, you know, in the, in the, in, in the football world. So we've got two weeks before the Super Bowl. Maybe we will do a little bit of a, a top 10 quarterback list. We'll put that out later in the week. Where does Mahomes land on that list? I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that are really special, you know, from Roger Staubach to Peyton Manning and Brady and Elway and Marino and, you know, God, man, the, the list goes on and on and on and on. So where does Mahomes fit in that list? I don't know right now, but I'll tell you this. He goes and gets a ring with this shitty team that he played on this year, which is not very good. I mean, his receiving core is extremely average, uh, it, but but he does elevate all of them. He's got a little bit, you know, that Tom Brady in him where he can take David Patton and, you know, a bunch of a bunch of guys who are probably number two receivers and turn them into number ones. Gaffney, guys like that, you know. Of course, he had Welker and Randy Moss as he got older in his career. But for a couple of those Super Bowls, they they had some pretty average receivers. So right now we're going to bring on uh, the national reporter uh, for the NFL Network and my guy Cameron Wolf to talk all things NFL. There he is. There he is. My man, Cameron Wolf in the house on zero to 60 here on the Blue Network. See, how the hell are you, brother? Happy Monday. Uh, Happy Monday, man. How you feeling, bro? Good for you, man. Not much, how man. You doing down there? I'm good. I'm good. It is. Uh, we actually got a cool day here in South Florida, 60 degrees. I know that's uh, weird, <laughs> weird for the rest of uh, the world, but this is a cool day here in South Florida. So I'm, I'm very, good, very fitting. You're on zero to 60, and it's a nice 60 degrees outside there. And it's I'm a brand. nice day. Five degrees here, so you're not missing anything. I know you know that Colorado mountain cold. Um, now look, you're the you're the national reporter for the NFL Network. You're all over the place. You obviously cover the entirety of the the sport, although you are based out of Miami. Um, all right, so right off the bat, let's start with the early game. Yeah, <clears throat> I know that Lamar Jackson's the MVP, but the mm -hmm. best player in the National Football League is Patrick Mahomes. Thoughts. Yep. Yeah, I think that Patrick Mahomes has become inevitable, right? Like all playoffs, they've been waiting for someone to take them down. The Bills were the favorites. They're supposed to take them down. They're finally at home. They got their number. Mahomes gets them in the end. This time it's the Ravens. They got the MVP, this elite defense. This is their best chance yet. In the end, the Chiefs, no matter what you say about their receivers, how good they are as an offense, they have Mahomes. And not only Mahomes as a player, but the fear of Mahomes. I think it changes teams game plan, knowing that you have that guy on the other side of the field. Like, for example, the Ravens, the Ravens had been this run heavy physical offense all season. They ran the ball 11 times yesterday. They got out of their formula of who they are. And I'd imagine if you had some truth serum to their offensive coordinator, it's because he knew Mahomes was on the other side and said, hey, we might have to do something a little different to beat that guy. They're also playing a Chiefs defense that I thought did not get enough credit throughout the season. Um, very underrated group led by uh, Spags on the other side. And and they really brought it to, to Lamar. They played a lot of man coverage, forced him to pass the ball. And, and he, they really couldn't beat consistent man coverage against those corners. And so ultimately, we get another Chiefs Super Bowl. I think that uh, a lot of people were rooting for the Ravens, if you weren't a Ravens fan or Lamar, right. 
mostly to get something different, to get a cool, different new story. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes, uh, fourth Super Bowl in six years, uh, shows why he deserves to be in that GOAT conversation already. All right, Cam. So how in the hell is the National Football League going to catch up with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Like, this is supposed to be their worst skill yep. position group. They're all babies and young. They're going to get better in the offseason as these guys continue to improve and they add pieces. The yep. defense is outstanding. But if this is their worst team, and in my opinion, I don't see how you can pick San Francisco over Kansas City just with Purdy and Mahomes and that matchup. How does the rest of the NFL catch this dude? Or are we just looking at like dominance like we haven't even seen from Tom Brady? Yeah, you hope and pray, right? Um, this was supposed to be the year. Like this was supposed to be the year. Like if you ask the Bills fans or Ravens fans, like this was the year. This was the quote-unquote worst roster Mahomes has been. And it, and it almost becomes like demoralizing. Like I was in the Bills locker room earlier uh, when they lost to him in the divisional round, and it felt like a funeral, not just because they lost. Like it was silent because you could feel the players like, man, if we couldn't get them, yeah, if we couldn't get them now, yeah. when are we ever going to get them? You know, like you don't say that as a player. You always go back, oh, we'll get them next year. Or, but in the back of your mind, you're like, dang, this was our shot. Um, and so you, you, you hope that you build your roster up and you get them where they just don't have their best day the day they play you. That's that's essentially it um, because the reality is the roster has had to decline, the Chiefs roster, to pay people. And it'll certainly change again. Maybe they lose Chris Jones uh, this offseason and something happens and you, you have to build the roster or the defense around another player. But does anybody believe that they still won't be back here in the same point in the playoffs no matter who is on the roster? Like Chris Jones is a heck of a player. But even if he leaves, even if eventually Travis Kelsey retires, as long as they have Patrick Mahomes and they have Andy Reid, I think they'll retool and find a way to be one of the final four teams every year that Mahomes is healthy. I mean, it's the the dominance of Tom Brady in the AFC East and how long he ran that division. You know, now you've got Mahomes in the AFC West, and I think you're going to get a very similar, you know, he, he's in it for 20 years in that division. Yes. He wins it 18, 19 times. That's just the way yeah, it works. Absolutely. What's crazy, what's crazy, Matt, about Mahomes? Like, like, I don't want to take any credit away from Brady. Brady's got seven rings. Brady's right. done incredible things. Like, he deserves to be the GOAT until Mahomes catches up on some of those accolades. But what Brady didn't even do, Mahomes, every year he's been a starter, he's been in at least the AFC Championship game. That like, that's amazing. remarkable to think of. Six of six, you have taken your team to the Final Four out of 32 teams. Like that amount of consistency, I think we haven't even seen yet. Like, like Brady's longevity, like makes him the goat because he did it for twenty plus years and even won a ring. And in, in the end, but Mahomes at twenty eight is already doing things that I don't think Brady did in his career. So the only question for Mahomes is: is can he keep this up deep into his thirties? You know, if he can, then I think you're looking at a situation where this becomes LeBron and MJ. You know, you're you're deciding based on your flavor. You know, do you, do, right. you know, maybe the newer era says Mahomes the great, the older era, although Brady just retired. I don't know if he's the older era, but the older era will say, hey, Brady, like Mahomes may never get seven rings. But people will always say, oh, well, Brady's the GOAT because he has seven. But if Mahomes gets four or five and he has this level of consistency, put up the numbers, put up the MVPs, then I, then I think it's him and Brady, one or two, however else you want to rank it. 
Make sure you go and follow Cameron on uh, Twitter on the X machine at Cameron Wolf. He's a great follow. And we'll be obviously posting this and tagging him on everything as we go throughout the day. All right. So look, the NFL and all the media and everyone tries to like fabricate a rivalry for Mahomes, right? Like yeah. Josh Allen and the Bills are a rival. Oh, they can't beat them. And then, the, hey, maybe Lamar Jackson and the Ravens can be a rival. And, ah, oh, they can't beat them. And nobody can seem to consistently beat this man. So yeah. how is there is there a rivalry for the Chiefs in the NFL? Or are they their own? Like, are, are the Chiefs like the like the Roman Empire? Like, the only yeah. way it's fall is from the inside out. Absolutely. I think the Chiefs are the clear number one. Like, to me, to have a rivalry, you have to beat somebody in the playoffs. That's right. why, I like, I, like I talked about the Buffalo Bills because they're the quote-unquote team that people want to link them to and Josh Allen and whatnot. Josh Allen versus Mahomes. Mahomes is 3-0 versus Josh Allen and the Bills in the playoffs. The Bills can't be – the Bills might treat the Chiefs as their rival, but right now they are little brother until they decide to beat big brother. The only team you can have an argument with is the Bengals because Joe Burrow and the Bengals beat the Chiefs in the playoffs that year. And we've got a little bit of the, the Burrow head kind of arrowhead deal that popped yep. up. So there's a little back and forth there. But even with Joe Burrow and the Bengals, they only made one Super Bowl run and they haven't won it yet. So although they beat Mahomes, they haven't had enough overall success that you can say hey this is a, a yin and yang now burrow was hurt this year so maybe they come back but right now it's the chiefs and everybody else it's, this is the new patriots dynasty because think about it when the patriots had their dynasty who was their rival there was not really you know i guess you could say brady and manning you know Peyton, you were part of those, those yeah. you know the broncos and you could say the broncos and patriots had the rivalry um but that was at the very that was a very small snippet of the Brady run. Like it was those three or four years when the Broncos were at their peak that you could say there was a little bit of that yin and yang. Colts, Colts Patriots. Yeah, the Colts Patriots more, had it. It was more Tom Payton. Exactly. When, right when Payton went to Denver, it became yes. the Broncos Patriots. So that right, was right. a rivalry. And, and so Mahomes has not found his meaning yet. Like we've right. people have tried, maybe it ends up being Burrow, maybe it ends up being Allen, but right now he's in a league of his own. And to me, like when you think about quarterback rankings, it's not Mahomes and this guy. It's Mahomes in tier one gap. And then it's the rest of the guys. Like right. there's enough of a gap that I don't think you can really mention any of the guys in the same tier as Mahomes. Insanity watching 15 go out there and perform the way he did uh, in the early game. Now, the, the NFC game cam was nuts. The Detroit looking like they're going to make their first Super Bowl. They're up 24 7. I have to go to the, the main point of emphasis here. Yeah. What in the hell is Dan Campbell doing? Yeah. I understand, I understand you want to be true to your to your your core and the gritty attitude. I love all that shit. He's an incredible coach. But bro, passing up on six points when you lose by three, that is just gut-wrenching. I mean, if you're a player in that locker room, you got to feel like you gave it to him more than just San Francisco beat you, right? Yeah, I'm interested in your perspective from a player part of this because it almost felt like when you're in a situation where the Lions are, where they're the underdogs, it almost felt like Dan's like, which way would I rather lose? Would I rather be the, the losing side of this where, hey, I took the aggressive route and got beat? Or would I rather play a little bit conservative but get the field goal to tie it up, you know, given that they would have made the field goal, and just leave it to our defense to see if they can stop the other side like to me i'd say most coaches choose the route he didn't take 
kick the field goal and say, hey, we'll take our chances with our defense. I think he probably took the one that I can sit at home for seven months and swallow the most, you know, because I guarantee you just because how we are as a society, if he kicks that field goal and the 49ers go down and march down the field, use a six, seven minute drive and end it with a field goal, there's going to be some people, maybe a small amount of people, but some people are going to say, hey, why didn't he go? more aggressive. Why didn't he go with who he is or who he's been all season? There's always going to be a second guess. Uh, But for me, I would rather you be true to who you are. And you just go down with your bullet. Like me, I probably kicked the field goal, but I'm not Dan Campbell. Dan Campbell's been this guy all year and his team has known him to be this guy all year. And so because of that, I think you stay true. So I have less of an issue with the end of the game than I think most people do because that is who he and his team are and really how they got to this point. Um, the one thing I will say there, and it's going to be interesting all season because the Chargers had this situation last year with Brandon Staley. Brandon Staley was the big analytics guy that went forward on fourth down. Everybody's questioning them, right? All offseason, they got chewed up because they blew right. the game against the Jaguars in the playoffs. Yeah. He came back this year, was a lot more ultra conservative, played almost scared coaching and like I'm sure seven months he's telling himself, oh man, I can't, I can't, I was too aggressive. I was this and that. And you take your stinger away from a coach essentially kind of blaming yourself. I hope that whatever Dan does this offseason, he doesn't take his stinger away because that's what makes him who he is, even if he realizes, hey, I probably should have made a different call at the end of the game. Now it turned out to be a hell of a football game. It did. Uh, you know, Detroit. They have really, really turned the corner. They are an up-and-coming franchise. Campbell's got them on the right path. Uh, you know, hopefully this one circumstance doesn't derail them too much. Uh, but, look, San Francisco's been a consistent. They've been a consistent threat. Uh, you know, they've obviously made a Super Bowl. They were up with six minutes. They ended up losing it. Um, it, it seems like Brock Purdy has really figured out the quarterback position in that system. But – but they're running up and, and, you know, they're the Buffalo Bills yeah. running into the Cowboys. Like yep. the, Absolutely. This is a buzzsaw they're running into. So San Francisco, even with all of their talent, and they might have the best roster in football, but the other side has Patrick Mahomes. It's yes. The same thing we keep talking about here, brother. It's do you see a world where San Francisco can actually go out and Purdy can outduel Mahomes in the Super Bowl. I just I don't see it. I don't think Purdy outduels Mahomes. I think the route is different. I think their route is we lean on our run game and our defense, and we out-team them more than we out-quarterback them. I don't think there's any way Purdy outduels Mahomes, but right. the reason why the 49ers are here is not necessarily because of Purdy being excellent, although he was really good in this in the second half of this game. I think it's because – um, their compilation of of uh, Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, who's been incredible this year, incredible. Um, and, and George Kittle gives them a diverse set of playmakers that you can't double team any of them, and they all beat their one on one matchups. They're really good in the trenches, as you know, that defines the game. And you you got the O line they have, you got the D line you have. It really keeps you in every game. Um, now they're playing a really good defensive front in the Chiefs. They're playing a really good offensive line. Uh, that they have. So it's going to be, I'm really interested to see how those trenches battle uh, play out because I think a lot of people are going to focus on the skills side of things is how does Mahomes, you know, with Kelsey or how do the 49ers with their guys with Brock. But I think those trenches could end up deciding this game. 
But I think what you just mentioned about the 49ers and to an extent as Lions is also true. Like everybody assumes you get back, right? Like the 49ers, this is their fourth straight time they've been to the NFC Championship, their seconds in the last four years, and the second time in the Super Bowl in the last four years. They haven't won any of them. And the reality is there's no guarantee they get back. Like there's a there's a, a weird sense of finality that could come with this game. Like we think Mahomes is going to get back regardless because they right. have when you don't have a Mahomes, it almost feels like every year could be your last shot. And Dan Campbell told his team that yesterday. He said, hey, the reality is this could be our shot. This could have been it, and we could have blown it. I hope not. I'm going to coach like it's not, but it's going to be harder. I think the 49ers have to really rally behind this could be our shot. This could be our last shot. We've got to pull out the stops. You know, Boza, you got to play the best game you got. Greenlaw, Warner, all these guys have to have an incredible day versus Mahomes, and they got to figure out how to steal it, even if they don't have the better quarterback. All right, so look, it's a rematch of a Super Bowl that happened four years ago, but it yep. is a rematch. How much do you think the rematch plays into this? Because there are similarities, but the teams are also extremely different. How much do you think the uh, the rematch plays into this? Yeah, I was actually at that Super Bowl. I remember that vividly. It was in Miami, and that game was so intriguing. Uh, partially because the world shut down a month later. So it was yeah. the last, last real element of football with COVID that we had for a while. Uh, but I think that the biggest thing based on those four years ago is less about the players and more about the coaches. Because it's a weird situation where um, most of your core coaching pieces are still the same. A lot of times there's a lot of coaching turnover in four years. You still got Andy Reid versus Kyle Shanahan as far as the two head coaches. You you know, the, the 49ers have changed defensive coordinators, but Steve Spagnola is still there for the Chiefs. And so you're still going to have the Kyle Shanahan versus Steve Spagnola. You're still going to have the 49ers trying to figure out Reed's offense. And so I do think they'll probably go back to those that Super Bowl tape and say, scheme-wise, what are what does Andy like to do with Mahomes in these big games? You know, what is Kyle? Because even though the quarterback has changed, the way Kyle runs his scheme with Brock and Jimmy – it's still virtually the same thing. You know, they want to do the same type of elements. So I think there's going to be a lot of looking into what worked for them scheme wise against us. What can we try to do when the when the 49ers try to go a little bit more hurry up? What do we do? What are our base coverages? What are our checks? What do we go through in these type of situations? The, the Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes have certain type of specialty, um, especially plays they like on third down. On, on two-point conversion. What did we learn from them in the Super Bowl and these sort of things? I think that's going to be the biggest learning assignment. They'll certainly watch that game over and over again. But I think it's more about the coaches figuring out maybe how they scheme against the other defensive coordinator, offense coordinator, and play caller more than, like, players necessarily um, figuring out who the guys were four years ago in that respect. Right. National reporter for the uh, NFL Network, Mr. Cameron Wolf, joins us here on Zero to 60 on the Bleed Network. I'm your host, Matt McChesney, as always. We're going to get you out of here on a couple of, uh, of different questions as we change uh, change direction here from the NFL to college football. But before yep. we go, who are you taking in the Super Bowl? I cannot bet against Mahomes. Uh, I think that Patrick Mahomes is inevitable, and I think that he should be the favorite. I think the spread started off with 49ers. I think by three it's got, from what I saw, bet down to maybe oh. one, one and a half. He's the underdog? Yeah, yeah. Dude, now you're just giving which, them more fun. Which is crazy, right? Like Patrick Ooh, Mahomes is nobody's underdog. He's nobody's underdog. Champs, too. I mean, oh, crazy. I'd oh, imagine man. by the time this thing hits game day, you see this closer to a pick 'em 
or even see yeah. by a point. But I think the 49ers came in as this overwhelming, you know, talented team. Uh, but I think the Chiefs end up getting it. And I actually think that as much as we're talking about Mahomes, I actually think the difference maker in this game is going to be the guy up here I have on my picture board, Isaiah Pacheco. I think he's going to have an amazing day. Right. And I think that he's going to be, as much as we talk about Kelsey on one side, all the 49ers on the other side, I think he's the forgotten weapon a lot of times for the Chiefs. And I think he could be the difference maker. We saw how uh, the Lions ran the ball in the 49ers, especially in that first half. Right. I think the Chiefs can really try to uh, slow down the game and then ultimately take control of the game late in the second half. Uh, by running Pacheco. So that's my pick. Man, I cannot wait to watch this football game in two weeks. Uh, but look, moving away from the NFL as we get you out of here, uh, Cam, you're you're a proud Houston Cougar. You went to the University of Houston. They're in the Big 12. Colorado's moving back to the Big 12. Coach Prime's in Boulder. I know you've had your eyes locked on what's going on yep. here with a lot of roots in the Denver area. Yep. Uh, just give me your thoughts on the, the new Big 12, Coach Prime, everything that's going on in Boulder. Uh, and just from a bird's eye view from from everything you've seen down there in Miami. I, I love Coach Prime what he's doing there, by the way. Like, I know he's a very divisive figure nationally. Right. And I'm sure even in Colorado, there's people who love it, the way he goes about it, people who don't. Um, my thing is the way Prime brings attention to his program, the way he brings recruiting to the next level. Like, let's keep it real. Colorado was in a rough state before Prime came in as far as attention, as far as record. And, yeah, he didn't turn it over record-wise overnight, but he had people come into Colorado. He had Colorado national TV selling out that arena, that stadium in a way that they haven't seen in a long time. And so, long to time. me, that is a huge, huge factor. In this new era of college football, we're recruiting and NILs or everything. He's getting guys who, who usually go to Alabama and Georgia to come to Colorado. And so, I, I love it. I love it. And I think that once he gets – those trenches that we talked about settled because you could really see it later in the season with the O-line and D-line really, you know, that was a weakness. They had it. They have Shador, they have Travis Hunter and some skill guys, but can you get that offensive line and defensive line to compete in power five level? I think once, and it sounds like recruiting wise, they've done that. Once yeah. that's one, I think you're going to start seeing them being able to compete with some of the top teams consistently in the Big 12. And I don't think it will be a long time before you see them competing for that division, that that conference crown, you know. And so I think that's the next step. I think I think this year goal should be, hey, let's get six, eight wins. Let's get a bowl game. Let's take a next step forward. And then maybe a year after that, we're competing for the Big 12 title. I think that's very realistic um, in that roots. And hopefully they play Houston one of these years. You know, Houston's got a little bit to go to. They just made a new hire, hire head coach change, getting rid of uh, Daniel Holgerson, um, bringing in Willie Fritz. So we're going to see what they do in that respect. Um, but, man, I, I, I'm a big fan of Coach Prime. Um, I covered him, you know, a little bit when he was in Jackson State from a, a pro day perspective. And no matter what people say about how he goes about things, I think he has the right vision in mind for this program. And I think that uh, Colorado fans, you're going to be smiling uh, coming soon here. I think he's going to bring you some wins. All right, my brother. You have yourself a wonderful day. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Remember, go follow Cam at Cameron Wolf on Twitter. I'll be tagging him up as we post some of the video from today's interview. Uh, but very, look. Ton of information there. Take it uh, for what you will. Taking Kansas City in the big game because Patrick Mahomes, as he says, is inevitable, and that's the damn truth. Cam Wolf, thank you so much for coming on the show, brother. Enjoy that balmy 60 degrees down there in Miami, my friend. Appreciate you, man. Have a great one, my man. Brother. All right, so 0-60 to 60 is a wrap here on a beautiful Monday morning. 
Uh, great interview with Cam. He always does a great job. You'll see him all over the NFL Network with a lot of roots here uh, in the Denver area. Uh, if there's any questions here in the comments that you guys want me to answer here before I get off, uh, just shoot them out. But if not, we're probably going to give this a wrap and be back tomorrow as we start previewing the Super Bowl and talking about a ton of other shit that's going on in the sports world. You know, continuing to elaborate on these games, the decisions made, things of that nature. So uh, appreciate it. Uh, thank you, DC. I'm a very good interview. I try. I try. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm no Dan Rather, but at the same time, you know, it's all good. I'm also uh, I'm prettier than this man. So, uh, yeah, man, zero to 60 rolls. We really appreciate everybody. Make sure you go like and subscribe. Follow everybody on social media. Uh, I think the TikTok page this morning hit 226,000 people. Um, it's over already. Uh, yeah, we've been on for we've been on for 40 minutes, Hector. Sorry, bro. Uh, didn't mean to didn't mean to uh, to uh, go too short here, but uh, that's what she said. Hey, oh, oh, fuck. Uh, yeah, but look, uh, we really appreciate it, everybody. Have yourself a wonderful Monday, and uh, we will be back tomorrow. How would you stop the San Francisco up front uh, as an O-line coach? How would I stop San Francisco? Uh, look, I will answer this question tomorrow. How will I stop San Francisco? Maybe do a video on it and watch some of the All-22 from the gym. Uh, but it's going to be tough, man. You're going to have to identify where 97 is all the time. And then, you know, they, they're pretty complex with their blitz scheme and fast. So, you know, it is what it is. All right, folks, have yourself a good day.